1: Hello and
0: welcome back to the Grief Gang podcast with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. The message behind the Grief Gang is to normalise the topic of conversation that is grief. People living with grief can often feel ashamed, isolated and alone. This podcast was created to break those taboos after I myself experienced all of those feelings after the loss of my mum in 2016. I decided enough was enough and we need to talk about this you'll hear on this podcast an array of stories and experiences some being my own and some being fantastic guest episodes and their incredible stories you'll laugh you'll cry but I hope above all I hope you'll learn I hope you'll learn that you are not alone in your grief journey that you have a voice and it should be heard that you and your grief matter so without further ado I'll let you enjoy the episode happy listening Hello, hello, grief gang, and welcome back to another episode with me, your host, Amber Jeffrey. Um, I'm so fucking excited for this episode, and it's been a long time in the making, and it's been, oh, well, we've rescheduled on my behalf, just because I'm a messy bitch, <laughs> and my <laughs> diary is just fucked, but I'm so excited to be with this guest today. Grief gang, I would like to introduce to you my lovely, lovely friend, June Belbono. Jim, Hi. Thank you for being yeah. here baby, how Thanks are you? Thanks for having me, I'm really good, thank you, how are you? I'm so, so well and like I said, so excited for this I'm and it so sounds so to strange it. to say, so excited, <laughs> that is I... so heavy
2: yeah, but that's always like that's always the case. Whenever I talk about grief or do any like grief related work, I'm always just like, I'm so excited for yeah. this, like I yeah. can't wait. And it's like, damn, I'm literally talking about like death, <laughs> um, but. It's true, that's how I feel. Like I do get excited. Yeah, it's yeah.
0: exciting. It's just like we're carrying on the conversation and, and or having opportunities to have these conversations and just mm-hmm. someone like me, like I I do I thrive of of, of speaking to people, hence I've got a fucking podcast. Yeah. Um <laughs> I mean if I if I was a recluse, it wouldn't be the best idea to have a podcast. But I thrive off it, and so I often forget. Sometimes, when oh, I'm a get on doing a guest episode, I'm just sat there and listen, and I'm like, "Oh shit, no, I've got a host. I've got <laughs> to, I've got to actually look at the questions and stuff like that." But <laughs> hey, um, so to give you a bit of context to how I met June, let's go back to that fateful summer evening on Zoom. <laughs>
2: Love a Zoom meeting. Love,
0: Love a Zoom, a Zoom meeting. meeting. Well, back then it was it was a Google Hang, wasn't it?
2: I was. I, I know. Oh my God, how vintage. I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so vintage um june and i met back um online back in the summer of 2020 when our peer-to-peer support group under the new normal charity black and brown was born and june has been coming and was coming ever since really was our first attendees and it's it's going to be so interesting on here because we're going to be going through your story, but I already know it so intricately because we have been through the trenches together yeah. as a group <laughs> and through like the shittiest of times and even the best of times. When, yeah. Cause back then it was a weekly, but oh, set by weeklies so we were seeing each other a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's really special to be here today because in those groups we just have little pockets of each other. So I'm really looking forward to to listening and sharing your stories today, today thank, June. Thank so you. without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself to our lovely listeners?
2: Uh, sure. Yeah, my name's June. Um, I, God, I hate. <laughs> like doing bios for myself um it's just like it never feels uh like authentic always feels yeah. like so big-headed yeah. um Abe, speak but... to yourself <laughs> i'm gonna give like a little work bio i'm gonna give a little yeah, personal yeah. bio i'm gonna you give do. a little grief bio Because <laughs> there's a lot of elements in me
1: it a spice. Um,
2: that's just like sprinkle all of that i do
1: yeah
2: um yeah, So i'm yeah i'm a london-based culture producer writer and community organizer um yeah i guess specifically working in like queer and trans liberation i do a lot of work around like yeah queerness and grief and how they intersect Mm -hmm. also i guess like yeah race and grief and how they intersect and how these things intersect with my identity Mm -hmm. um which is how i got involved with yeah Yeah. black and brown good grief which was as you said like a a really special space i think like also when i joined it was when like everything was closed covid wise Mm -hmm. so um I feel like we really had each other's back mm-hmm. when, like, we couldn't really see many other people. Yeah. So it was just a case of, like, I'm, like, really processing my grief very intensely at yeah. all times. Yeah. Um, but it was good. I felt like it was, like, really... I don't know. It was a really beautiful and helpful space. Mm. Um, yeah, and I um, now run Queer Good Grief for the new Normal Charity, um, which is, um, yeah, quite similar to Black and Brown Good Grief. It's a space for um LGBTQ plus people that are dealing with like bereavement and loss and grief yeah. and when I come together and have a space to talk about it um yeah, yeah so this that's is amazing me. and we're, we're
0: gonna get we're gonna get more into that grief gang and 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 that space and what you can expect if you were to attend or or potentially thinking by the end of this episode what, what can I get from that group um but we're gonna we're gonna go go through the list first uh-huh. um Damn. so June obviously thank you for your your your, your beautiful bios there <laughs> um there is a reason obviously why you were here in the grief gang today I've noticed that's like my little like segue now but like, there's a reason you're here today <laughs> I need to switch it the fuck up but there is a reason you're here today and that is because there is somebody or some people that you have lost in your life Um, Mm -hmm. so can you tell the listeners who it is we are here to remember and talk about today
1: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah so I lost my brother James to cancer um in 2016 I had a moment of hesitation I love that face you were like like, do not worry um, the year's blur Uh, Yeah, I want to. Yeah, oh my god, yeah. Mm. Like about six, seven years ago, um, I lost my brother to cancer, Mm. and who was um, yeah twenty eight at the time, and I'm twenty eight now, so that's also quite like a weird dynamic that's like in my head. Um, and I lost my dad to um like heart complications from a heart attack just Mm. over a year ago.
0: It's a lot. And and obviously, initially, when you first started coming to B&B, you were bringing James to the group. Mm-hmm. And then we went through that with you, with Dad. And um, it's been, I'm going to say fascinating, but it's been, well, it's been, it's been honourable for one to be with you and to support you and hold that space with you as you were going through that. But I want to know a bit more about James. and um, Because mm-hmm. I want to know about James. Because for one, whenever in our support groups, when you would speak about James and his love and just how he was it would just like light up those little zoom squares <laughs> we would all be on like listeners like oh love this and there was something in particular I mean one session you were speaking about James and you I think we were potentially speaking about our loved ones and just how uh, how have they something like how have they helped us through our lives not even being here still and how they're still guiding us essentially and you said something you like your brother enabled you and inspired you to just like now and back then to live completely in your entirety and your identity and it's fun if you could tell us a bit more about that
2: yeah sure um so yeah my brother was um just like the most kind of like flamboyant extravagant little like gay boy in the (laughs) like small ass Italian town (laughs) and he was so like so
0: James lived uh, in Italy
2: yeah he lived in Italy where we grew up yeah Yeah. so um yeah we grew up in like a small Italian town near Milan like proper conservative Mm -hmm. um uh, yeah very like traditional and he like kind of came out when he was like 15 really young and was just like this like arty boy mm-hmm. just like strutting like along the streets and like gave no fucks and mm-hmm. was just like mad unapologetic mm-hmm. and um and I was like that I I'm kind of like that now but at the time mm-hmm. I was very like the opposite yeah, like yeah. I um yeah I was a very like introverted kid I was very like reserved and I think I was always just like really in of him and also like really jealous of him and Mm. also just like i don't know i had lots of complications Mm. like complicated feelings about him and um his gender and sexuality and all of these things and um yeah and then he passed when i was maybe like 20 um i want to know i was not that old i was 22 Mm um and i think after he passed it was just kind of like a rude awakening of like this is my life and I need Mm. to like live it because I can't really take things for granted and I can't just like live something that doesn't feel right I can't really I don't know pretend to be someone that I'm not and all of these things and I think I it's quite interesting when I think about like my own identity and my own queerness and like how it came to be because I think Mm. people always have this assumption of like Oh, didn't you always know, like, and mm. all of these things? And it's like that. I don't think that really like applies to me. I feel like I hadn't really thought about like queerness or my mm. gender. Like, I think growing up, I didn't really think about yeah. it. It was yeah. just something. I don't think I necessarily like felt like a boy. I did not think I necessarily felt like a straight boy. Mm. But I think it was just like I don't know. at the back of my head, I just like moved through life. And then mm. I think when he passed, it was a bit like. I don't know, like, yeah. I just went through, like, a really deep journey of, like, self-reflection mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, introspection and kind of came to the realization that I was also queer and um, eventually later in life also came out as trans and I think mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think, like, caring, like, his legacy and caring um, his power and, like, mm-hmm. his yeah all of these attributes of him that I really admired um, played a role in kind of like the person I am today. I always say that like I love the time I'm like a massive raver Mm, Um, I I love being on the dance floor what can I say and I always shaking them um, cheeks
0: and I love it (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> um, and I yeah again like I didn't used to be and I my brother like really was and I always said that like yeah. when I'm dancing I really feel his energy I really yeah. feel him inside me and like oh. when my body moves kind of like feels like I'm yeah holding him yeah dance. something like off. yeah embodiment of like grief I think is like so real
0: right we're gonna touch on to your second loss and yeah mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm really uh, to explore the, the comparison comparities mm-hmm. comparisons so obviously you lost your dad Mm-hmm. Yeah, you now over a year ago, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask you, and delicately, and there's no pressure to go into into the relationship uh, uh, to a degree, um, but obviously there was. There's differences in your relationship that you had with James and with your father, so they're two different roles: brother and father. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to ask you the grieving process between the two when. Mm-hmm. One, as you say, literally, like, embodied you in your identity and inspired you mm-hmm. to live in your truth. And one neglected that.
2: It's quite weird with my dad because I feel like he... We kind of just had, like, a distant relationship, kind of regardless of, like, my queerness or anything like that. And actually, mm-hmm. I never opened up to him about yeah. it. um, So... Or never really opened up to him about a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. um, Which I think is, like, when you're in the process of losing someone I think you really question yourself around like uh have I missed an opportunity by not Mm -hmm. trying harder and like and obviously and like you know you go through yeah um like all your decisions and Mm -hmm. everything that you could have done and stuff like that um but I'm also like a big believer in like trusting your gut and like knowing what feels right um Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like I'm very aware that the fact I never opened up to my dad about who I was mm. was kind of to protect myself and mm. to um, kind of know, I don't know, I feel like if it felt safe to do so, if yeah. it felt right to do so, I would mm. have. There were so many different dynamics because also mm. there's like, you know, society expectations of how yeah. women to grieve people and like, especially mm. a parent obviously played a role. So I was just like feeling quite like guilty for not... Um, really feeling I feel like the pain that was meant to feel but also realistically you know I hadn't seen my dad in like years. Mm. We didn't really like speak much.
0: You've got layers. You've got layers. There were so
2: many layers. It was, was <laughs> I like it was he lived abroad as well. Mm. And like it, I had COVID, so I didn't go to his mm. funeral. Yeah. Um, so there were so many different layers that just like created this like weird separation between us. Mm-hmm. And I think if I am to compare kind of like my grief experience with him and with my brother. I think I mean, what I was saying earlier about like my transness, I feel like mm-hmm. I started transitioning like shortly after my dad died, yeah, and I think again that like his loss kind of gave me like a push yeah. to be like, I know this relationship was like complicated and stuff like yeah. that.' Um, but now it's a point where it's like, again, I can. I really need to live like authentically
1: yeah. um,
2: and I can't really hold back for anyone ever. So I mm. think that kind of gave me that push to be like, okay, I need to take this step as well.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting you s- speaking there, sort of like, like yeah, James dying was like the catalyst for you to go, I'm ready to embody myself and my identity. Mm-hmm. And then dad dying and eventually being the tipping point for, do you think a factor of that was potentially like, with dad dying, like as you said earlier, like you didn't feel safe to truly come out to him. Him dying was almost like that—not feeling safe, safe to to live in your truth.
2: Yeah, it's it's really complicated. Yeah. I remember actually, like, you thank, know, God even, yeah, <laughs> thank God for the groups. Yeah, honestly, thank
0: God for the groups.
2: <laughs> thank God. Oh my God. Um, because I think even though like me and him didn't really have a close relationship, I think. I just didn't, I think he would have known, you know what I mean, yeah. if I started transitioning or like it would have had to be a conversation. Yeah. I think in my head, I was just like, I don't even know like how to remotely have this conversation yeah. with this man We're who like, start. yeah, is my dad, but also it's so, I feel such a distance with. Um. So I think it's, yeah. And like, I, you know, process that death and like i'm still processing it in like a very like unique way and like Mm. um i remember when i so he lived in um yeah montenegro and like me and my sister traveled there while he was in the hospital and just kind of like try and see him and stuff like that we couldn't see him because of like covid um but i like wrote him a letter and i fully knew that like i was never gonna give him this letter but i think it was just like a case of okay i've been kind of holding back for so long yeah. around like who I am and what I do and how I feel about him and all of these things. So just like wrote him a letter just to like get my feelings out. Mm. And I think that was like the best thing that I've done yeah. to kind of like heal from that relationship. Mm. Um and I think it's yeah I think it was just like is a complicated loss that I'm still yeah. like um kind of processing now. Yeah. But I feel I feel like yeah it kind of again gave me a push um mm. to be um, yeah I guess like authentic to myself as yeah. much as I can
0: and it's really it's really nice to hear that you writing that letter and even as you say didn't ever get to give it to him didn't nothing you never read it still brought you that healing and the heat yeah the healing still now and um because I've there's many letters like I've written to family members who have done me wrong or just di- didn't meet my expectations whatever mm-hmm. it is and I think yeah should I if if they were to read it and then again kind of thinking okay if they were to read it what am I going to get from this um so sometimes simply just writing the letter is enough yeah yeah
2: I think it was more for like myself for you exactly exactly
0: when you claim it back for you and almost not putting your healing in in the hands of somebody else I really noticed that late life. I've been journaling like fucking mad. I just started. I was like, mm-hmm. Do you know what? let me just give this fucking shit a go. Like, <laughs> I was like, I need to sort my shit out. Like something's <laughs> going on in here. And I was like, everyone sent me to fucking journal. So whatever. And I used to journal like back in the day, like when my mum died, first when she died. And I actually found the journal last night and I was sat reading it and I was like, whoa like it was like I, I treated it like a dear diary i was just like hi mom mm. so today i've done this, this and that and i was just filling it in, in my life <laughs> and then it would like always oh, just end with just like and i look back and i, I laugh at it now but i think i think oh my god like how are you in pain
1: mm. like pain
0: like physical pain and i look back and i think fuck i'm so far removed from that but that is never to say like i won't be back there so like, my yeah, last yeah. journal entry was like 2017 and I just wrote one last night, and I was like, "Hey, it's oh me. My God. I'm back." <laughs> <laughs> literally, I literally wrote, "Hey, mum, it's me. I'm back." Literally, you messy bitch. Like, and I, I look forward though to like later in life, like going back and just seeing all the sin, that. sin, yeah. So every time I rediscover mm. it, every time I like clear out my drawer again, I like, okay. Fuck it, I'll write it. But I've been, yeah. I've been daily journaling, just like what's coming out, and there is something about pen to paper,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: that just really is just you can just go and like my hand is aching by the end yeah, of yeah and I really didn't believe it when people sent me I was just like I was like yeah but like I write like I write on the Instagram and I think that's enough and it's like nah something about you and that pen and paper
2: yeah I think also something like I feel like we're so used to you know sharing every all of our exactly. thoughts all of our feelings yeah. and like oh actually this is just for me to like put yeah. down um,
0: because although yeah. we share all our thoughts and feelings right online we're never really sharing all of it are we Yeah,
2: it's just like <laughs> if, you, if you're aware that someone's gonna read it you will you know like you censor yourself, yourself out, in some yeah. way yeah yeah exactly yeah.
0: So, yeah. so that's yeah it's real yeah uncensored unfiltered fucking messy shit yeah. and yeah, I'm like I love that <laughs> I love it I'm like scribbling on it sometimes just, the, yeah yeah literally I'm like let's fucking go Jen <laughs> And my boyfriend, he's the next person, and he's like, whoa. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on in the pages, but fucking hell. Oh, bless him. Love it. Um, okay, so I want I wanted to step away a little bit more from, um, like, personal insult losses. Mm-hmm. And I want to recognise and acknowledge that grief within the LGBTQ community is mm-hmm. on such a large scale. And mm-hmm. for a community to experience grief so frequently
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like some people who who look think no people sometimes again i'm, I'm just thinking out loud they, oh, I, they don't see that side mm-hmm. they see
1: pride they see yeah. flamboyant ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer
0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. See, they see that they don't see the despair. They don't see the brutality. They don't see Mm -hmm. the murders for simply living in your sexuality and your identity. And so I wanted to ask you as well for yourself, carrying not only your personal losses, but Mm -hmm. being a part of a community that holds so much grief within it. How do you how do you within yourself and with your close friends within the community how do you all support each other
2: um I mean I think I I always say that like you know being queer and being trans is like such a blessing um yeah. as far as you know there's so much like hardship that comes with it there's like well, like historically like as you said it's like you know death and grief has mm. and like abuse and um has just been like a part of our community like historically for mm. time Um, And it still is to this day, but I also feel like we, the way we like care for each other is really special. And I feel like a lot of us have, you know, complicated relationships with our family. A lot of us have um, maybe like uncomfortable work situations or like housing situations and all of that. And I feel like I can see the way that, I don't know, we just like provide for each other, both like emotionally and physically Mm. and like in all of these ways um, in a really, yeah, special way um and i always say that like to i think like grief for me is like the driving factor of like everything that i do and i think yeah. that comes from yeah my personal grief and like you know what i was saying earlier about like carrying my brother's legacy and also i think like everything that i do from like a career point of view and making sure that i am successful and making sure that i thrive to be the best person that i am comes from you know, carrying his legacy and making sure yeah. that he would be proud of me. But then from a community point of view, I want to carry the legacy of, yeah, as you said, like all the people that either were murdered or that, you know, the state didn't care of yeah. or who's like mental health was like uh, you know, ignored and mm. um, you know, there's a massive I think right now it's a massive crisis of like yeah. Um, suicide rates in trans people being like extremely high and I think that's because there's like a medical negligence from the like UK government who's like providing for trans people's needs and Mm -hmm. there's no mental health support and like the situation is just pretty bleak and I think Mm. for me it's yeah Mm. that makes me like angry and that's painful but I also kind of like drives me to change things Mm. and I think I love my organizing and of like the yeah work that I do comes Mm -hmm. from like ensuring that our community will thrive Mm -hmm. um so I think that's yeah that's the nature of like everything that I do and I think that's yeah I can see it with like me and my friends in the way that we look out for each other it's like we all want us to succeed and we all want us to like thrive in our futures
0: yeah, this yeah. is driving force. And then that, that kinda of leads perfectly into like Queer Good Grief and within mm-hmm. the support within that and having spaces like that. And when that was announced, it was like, Yeah, absolutely, like no brainer. Yeah. And so um <laughs> that's why groups like, yeah, like Queer Good Grief are so important. And I just wanted mm-hmm. to ask you also, yeah, with with confidentiality in mind with everybody who who does attend, just kind of, yeah. well, for one when the idea of queer good grief was born and mm-hmm. you approached and you said like, I want to start this group mm-hmm. um, like what was in mind for you mm-hmm. and just kind of what can somebody, if they were to attend, what can they expect and kind of what topics and think, you know, are you talking about in the groups and what can somebody expect if they were to sign up to your next queer good grief?
2: Yeah. I mean, um, so what I had in mind when we kind of started was, I think I'm aware that, like, as queer people, we have to, like, censor ourselves a lot of Mm. the time. And I kind of saw that with... So, for instance, I remember, like, when my brother died and um, there was, like, a slightly awkward moment when we're writing, um, like, his eulogy. And, um, you know, my mom who's like, a babe. Um, Mm. And, like, (laughs) you know, had only, like, the best intentions, still was a bit like, oh, how should we refer um, to... Um, yeah what should we refer his boyfriend as and I'm just like oh his boyfriend (laughs) (laughs) because that's what he is and Mm -hmm. I think she was like okay yeah yeah fine but you know I mean like it took a second I remember like when my yeah when my dad dies and I was kind of like I Mm -hmm. felt very self-conscious about like my mannerisms and things like that and having to like hold back and um, so I think we just like have to censor ourselves Mm -hmm. I love the time when we're grieving people and other, mm. and we have to sense ourselves in like daily society and like yeah um, like code switch and do all of these things mm. and I think when you talk about something as like intimate and as like vulnerable as grief and I feel like most people don't get these spaces to talk yeah. about these things yeah. and to show this vulnerability if I' felt really important to have a space where we don't have to like censor our queerness and our identities yeah. and I think even in the most, like, queer-friendly, straight space, yeah. we will sense ourselves to a degree. Because um, that's just the nature of it. Because it's, you know, we're not surrounded yeah. by the people in our community. And I think mm-hmm. that makes a difference. Um, so I think, like, even though I felt I was attending these uh, grief groups yeah. and I felt really welcome in them, I think, like, I was... I also felt myself, like, holding back a bit. Yeah. Um, And that's why I felt like I needed a space where I didn't need to hold back and hopefully yeah. the people that were coming in didn't need to hold back. Yeah, mm. so that was like my thoughts for with starting it. Um, mm. And as far as like what to expect, I mean, I'm like quite silly. So <laughs> and, um, It's like, yeah, we're talking about loss and grief, but I'm also Dude, like... Do you want to just
0: one look at your Instagram just to know how silly you are? I'm still thriving off of that tube photo shoot with you on the pole. I'm still fucking thriving off it. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah.
2: Um... And I don't, yeah, as I said, I don't censor myself in the grief group meetings. So um, even though we're talking about loss and death and like all of these things are quite heavy. I like to think that it's quite like a lighthearted group. Um, And I think it's a group where, you know, I think like as queer people very used to like challenging definitions Mm -hmm. of like family and relationships and stuff like that. So I think that's a space where we can hold these, like, complicated, mm-hmm. um, like, dynamics, like, yeah. really well. And I think it can be like, yeah, I am grieving, you know, which have a family member I may be mm-hmm. losing. But I'm also feeling a lot of anger. I'm also feeling, like, a mm-hmm. lot of resentment. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I think, like, yeah, there's a lot of that. um. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think there's a lot of, like, community grief elements that come yeah. in as well.
0: I can imagine, especially for not any groups of, like, queer good grief, of, like, it's complicated. And I've mm-hmm. heard it from people straight from the horse's mouth of people who may attend, yeah, some groups or, and I'm just talking about in the charity, just in general, of when you attend or are surrounded by people, especially in grieving, who have what I like to say, like, the Hollywood grief of, like, mm-hmm. the perfect relationship, the mm-hmm. perfect death, or the hold one last yeah. breath, and they slipped away and stuff. They yeah, weren't, yeah, yeah. and they weren't like brutally choking for their last breath, and yeah. they weren't like a fucking cunt when they were living. And like, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> when you are kind of surrounded by that, and I, I, I kind of got my first taste of that. Oh my god, am? But, like your narrative and your relationship with your mum is like not everybody has that. Was literally mm. like through my best friend. Like my best friend, she it was it was very complicated, and she said it was hard to come to a group where everyone was just had these glowing reviews of their yeah. person and she was like I just didn't feel very like I did at the time yeah. and so to have those spaces where you can go like you're like yeah like I didn't either really like them or they treated me really bad and I'm actually mm-hmm. still working through that like do I like them I'm, I might hate them right now but then I love them and it's having a space to, to talk through that and people to either say yep yeah, been there with you or am with you rather mm-hmm. than kind of be met with just like nope hard can't relate um because uh, as humans we we do want to be related to no one wants to sit in the room of being like i am the only one in this you know Mm -hmm. it's just one person to have that relatability Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah
2: Yeah, and i think it's i mean something quite beautiful that i find about like queer good grief is that a lot of the time we will bring also like losses in the community from being like I'm gonna bring this person who I maybe only met a couple of times and I don't really know them, but mm. I've seen them at this event or I've seen them at this bar. Mm. And I'm gonna like bring them into the space today because yeah. they you know, their lives has been lost and I wanna honor them. And yeah. I think that feels like really special. Yeah, um, it's so and- much to
0: carry and to feel so deeply within your community yeah. and to carry those losses, but to know that yeah, you don't have to carry them alone.
2: Mm, yeah, no, absolutely. I feel really mm. like grateful for that.
0: Yeah, um, when people yeah. do bring them into the group, yeah. absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you for one of my last questions: is if mm-hmm. you could go, oh, I suppose this is times two for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something you would tell your younger, freshly bereaved self. So, mm-hmm. if you were to go back to the time when James died, what would you tell your then twenty-two-year-old self?
2: Um, I would say. Kind of just like be more like honest with yourself. Mm. Um, I think I, I have a lot of like, yeah, regrets around like how emotionally avoidant I was, both like towards myself and towards like James at the time. Mm. I felt like you know, even like regardless of like my queerness or my identity, I felt like. I really wish I had just been like more open with mm. him. Um, whereas instead I just kind of like bottled up all my emotions, all my feelings, all my thoughts. Mm. And I think I would just like really just shake myself and be like, bitch, <laughs> <laughs> get a fucking grip and like speak up. And yeah. I <laughs> um that's probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. advice I'd give myself. You would give you a, a little
0: slap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: I'd give myself a slap, <laughs> a shake, and be like, where the fuck up? Yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah and as far as like
0: with dad yeah would anything um, change
2: to be honest not really same yeah yeah i think like i and i think because i process like james's death like so much and i was kind of like aware of like everything that i wish i'd done differently Mm. and kind of like um i i can be like quite hard on myself so i really you know went through that period where james was lying and really went through like this is where I fucked up, this Mm. is what I should have done, and, like, all these things, which is, like, not necessarily helpful, but I Mm. think it kind of taught me, in a way, it was, like, when my dad was dying, I kind of felt, like, I look back at it and, like, I don't really have any regrets, Mm. Um, which feels good because I feel like I have a lot of regrets for Mm -hmm. the claims. And I think um, that also came to be with, like, the fact that I was more confident in myself, more secure in myself, and, like, um, yeah, and was just, like just knew what was right and what felt right and like listened to myself
0: Grief Gang, is. it's all a bit messy. Like the last episode didn't have a, a guest question because it was recorded months before. But okay. you might have picked up now, Grief Gang, that I have been now asking at the end of our episodes for um the current guest here to leave a question for the next future one. And then I will ask this guest here, June, um to the questions from our previous guest. So, June, you have not got one, you've got two questions. Oh, bad. Wow. I... <laughs> what a privilege. <laughs> what a privilege. I know. I feel like, I've... honestly, I'm like, are you joking me? Um, <laughs> Cause I had two guests before and they are from Jess and Rachel. And that was from um, of one of our previous uh, partner loss episodes back in early mm-hmm. Feb. So two questions for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with this. But they are a bit think PC. So the first one, this was from Rachel. So I remember her question for you is when did you start to let healing in?
2: It's something I always say when I host groups and stuff like that. It's just like, you know, grief, takes time and like people process things differently. And I feel like even with my brother, I was still quite avoidant over the loss, probably like for at least a year yeah. after he passed, even like a bit longer maybe. Um so and I can't remember what happened to kind of like allow me to um like lean into my healing. Mm-hmm. Um I remember actually at one point um I think what to celebrate, well not celebrate, but to like um honor I can't remember what anniversary it was mm. of his death, maybe like third anniversary or something like that. Um my brother was an artist. So mm. I organized an exhibition of his mm. artwork. Um, cause I felt really angry about the fact that like he wasn't as successful as I yeah. thought he should have been. And I felt like his life was cut short mm. and his career was also cut short. And I think I really felt like he had a lot of talent to show and never got to showcase it. So I kind of took it upon myself to showcase it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I organized an exhibition of his work and I think that really helped my healing just to be like, I don't know, it was like just like an awakening of being like, okay, I'm doing this for him and I'm doing this for myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so probably like two, three years in when um it kind of became unavoidable I guess
0: there is honestly something I need to do like I need to do like some market research or something because there is something about that third year like mm-hmm. nearly everyone I speak to where they go something just shifted
2: yeah
0: something just shifted and they just went you know what they they either consciously went you know what enough's enough now or yeah. it came like went, no you're gonna fucking deal with me now
2: it, yeah, yeah. And for it, me it was it's...
0: the latter mine went hey bitch <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it's a case of, like, you either, like, deal with it or you're going to lose your mind. And I was just like, okay, I guess I'm going to deal with it now.
0: And then the second question, and I find this one interesting, what's something you miss about them but not necessarily a good thing? Potentially something that annoyed or angered you? I was like,
2: (laughs) I know. I love this. (laughs) Um, I mean... Yeah, my brother was just like a sassy arrogant bitch and like so fucking like judgmental and like you could never do anything right and like um yeah like he always had like a comment for everything with, <laughs> like and it was mad annoying but yeah. also just like he had kind of like he never said anything that didn't make sense which made it even more <laughs> annoying like everything that he said I was just like fuck you kind of right yeah. um, and I hate it yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so that's probably what I'm gonna bring in is like his like yeah, yeah kind of like arrogance and like oh, yeah you <laughs> so
0: You're like, you know you don't make sense but you kind yeah. <laughs> of <you> do through <laughs> gritted Dave I'm literally yeah very bad yeah <laughs> and then anything for dad
2: I always say that, like, I am so. I feel like he wasn't the best parent mm-hmm. to me, but there's a lot about him as a person that I admire a lot. And again, he was a very. He was like a quirky, like, person. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a, a character. Like, yeah. he you know it kind of worked just like as a plasterer but then had like all of these hobbies and like wrote scripts but like mm. didn't really go to school and like, his writing was terrible but he really thought he was the shit oh. maybe arrogant oh. runs in the family I mean, maybe damn because <laughs> I, I have a bit of that too um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i think just like i think he was very i think like both him and my brother were very like authentic to themselves
0: like at the time you don't see it as like yeah authenticness and uh, unapologetic at the time it's annoying own. it's you're just like, like
2: you're, you're a stubborn bitch yeah like you won't <laughs> um, al-
0: you won't alter yourself for like yeah. anyone's being but as you do get exactly. older you are like i can you appreciate know what? that yeah kind of yeah. you lived in your truth and yeah, yeah. you didn't let anybody sway you so it's exactly. annoying but it's yeah. you're like all right
1: yeah, I'll give yeah, you that. Exactly. <laughs>
0: and I'm gonna ask you now, June, can you mm-hmm. leave a question for my next guest? Oh, I don't know who the fuck it's gonna be. Nor <laughs> do um, you. <laughs> any questions yeah, for oh my next god. guest?
2: Um oh my god. I don't know if this is a very intense question, but say you had like one more um like evening and night with the person that you've lost, oh. what would you do? Oh my what god. What would that evening and night look like?
0: Um, oh, yeah. I already know that's going to be a tearjerker <laughs> I already know So whoever the next guest is I'm so sorry Because <laughs> I already know I'll be crying I'll be
1: there
0: All I ask is This is my last <laughs> Fucking hell I'm waiting up
1: hope. I hope
2: it's someone That like Lost like a significant
0: other, and they just say like, "I'm gonna fuck (laughs) all night." We're gonna fuck. (laughs) Do you know what? I feel like (laughs) I actually (laughs) might even cater it so that simply, (laughs) just so I can tailor it, so we might get that answer. Say you're gonna fuck. Oh, brilliant! I can't do um, June. Tell the people where they can find you, and anything exciting potentially that you want them to know about. Anything you need um, to read, let the
1: people sh- them
2: know. Sure, I yeah. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. It's June Bella Babe. Um, yeah, and something interesting. I'm actually gonna be in. A book for the competition, <laughs> and I'm joking. It's not the competition. <laughs> let me not. Let me not create grief drama. Um. <laughs> um. But yeah, the charity. Let's talk about loss. Has a yeah. book coming out um, of collections of stories. <laughs>
1: um,
0: let me. <laughs> no keep going keep going because it is good though um, people need to know yeah. people need to know oh,
2: um there's a collection of stories from yeah people that are dealing with grief and the book is coming out late in the year and one of the people featured in it um contributing is writer exciting. yeah amazing so.
1: she's a writer baby
2: yeah okay. <laughs> oh, she sure is i'm living my little carrie bradshaw fantasy <laughs> and so um, i
0: got to thinking <laughs>
2: And just like that, yeah. I wondered, <laughs>
0: <laughs> will I get over this grief? <laughs> oh, God. Jill. June, oh, thank you so much. You have been a dream you. guest. Um, grief gang, I hope you have enjoyed listening to this just as much as we've enjoyed recording. I can now, my belly aches. Peace out. <laughs> oh, thank you so much.
1: Hi. Bye. Mm.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it and it set your week off to a great start. Whether you've laughed a little, cried a little, I mean, I think crying is good for the soul or you've resonated with something that was said, thank you for listening and spending time out of your day to do so. If you like what you hear, please do rate, review and subscribe. In doing so, you're ensuring that lots more people get to find the Grief Gang podcast and hopefully help them too. If you're not already, check out the Grief Gang on social media platforms such as Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm most active on the Instagram page where I love, love, love to connect with you all. For now, take care and big, big love.
1: Hold up.